the 37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. We interrupt your regular scheduled podcast for a special news bulletin. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, a very special news-only episode. Mm. We're going to bring the tingles. (laughs) We're going to bring the tingle. Oh, man, yeah, so um, there is just too much good stuff going on in the news right now for us not to just talk solely about the craziness in the news. And uh, I'm uh, I'm on the downward slope to vacation, and... I think this is a perfect time to not research anything and just go off the cuff. So Hell yeah. here we be. Sometimes it's good to just have random little episodes here. Yeah, I think it is, man. And it's funny because uh, Preston and I already recorded about three quarters of the episode, just the two of us. And then I just decided I didn't want to edit two episodes before vacation. <laughs> and um, you're here to join us again because uh, we tried to record an off episode. But mm. I'm glad you're here, man. Indeed. Yeah, I had to. Escort some work stuff to the big Kansas City, and yeah, it was a fucking awesome, nightmare, dude. but made it through. And now I'm back here <laughs> to do this show with you guys, and we'll just pretend yeah, another episode are. that you guys did without me didn't fucking exist. So, it's a B side, deep cuts, yeah, deep, cuts. <laughs> deep cuts, deep cuts. That's the good stuff. We're gonna hit you with some deep cuts because we've got some pretty great shit to go over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, right now, as it is, um, speaking of paranormal, if my dates are correct, by the time you're all listening to this, I'm probably squatched deep in the Bigfoot Discovery Museum in Santa Cruz, California. So, um, are you, Is your wife going to uh, break a, a Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot calling log? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and also, okay, this is, this is what's ridiculous, is I don't know... If our lovely listener Chauncey has talked to you about anything, what he's he's in Colorado right now on vacation with his lovely wife, right? Oh, cool! No, and uh, <laughs> the place they're staying in is in the middle of these woods in a fucking tiny home. They found an Airbnb that's a tiny home. Oh, dude, Shayla was looking at those. We're yeah. wanting to go to Colorado soon, and she's yeah. like, "Let's just stay in a tiny home." Now check this out. I bet you if they were free, you'd get a discount. But also, he said <laughs> they went to this little town that has the worldwide. <laughs> Sasquatch Museum. It's a fucking. It's a. Is it that, so you're like, I'm gonna go to the one in California. Like, Chauncey's at the one, and then he's like, should I take video? And I think he took some video, and he's gonna edit it together and put it on the Facebook. Oh, that's awesome. So he sent me some snaps of it. And it was. It looked awesome. I mean, there was. I was like, I, I never messaged back. I was like, dude, if Sean and Shayla went there, they'd be broke because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's oh, ridiculous. Yeah, some of the stuff he was showing <laughs> me, it was cool. They mix like they have like shirts that like mix aliens in with in with Bigfoot. It's pretty cool. That's that's pretty rad. I'm I'm hoping we find some cool stuff. Yeah, but let's let's hope that you actually buy yourself something. <laughs> I am a miser because you totally should. <laughs> you should treat yourself. I know how I, you're like you're like me. I want to go to the I go to like Aaron. She like loves the whole you know souvenir shop shit, and I'm like, eh, you know, like yeah. it's cool. And I'll get in there like, man, it's pretty badass, but it's twenty five dollars. I don't know if I don't know if it's that badass, but there's some stuff that you see it and you're like, you have to have it. Sorry, I heard half of what you said. Speaking of Bigfoot, Shayla has this adorable, uh, like, duffel bag that our friend Patty got her. 
and it's covered in Bigfoots. And my cat was trying to crawl inside of it. <laughs> so sorry about the background noise, folks. So, yeah, I'm a very much a miser, but I will get myself something. Hell yeah, that's good. Well, enough about me. Let's talk about news. Ooh, Presto, <laughs> Ryan, I know. It's organic. Um, <laughs> go ahead and start it off, Presto, and tell us what you're going to tell us. So, you know, this this particular planet keeps coming up like time and time again. And uh, um, Zacharias Sitchin, you know, first talked about it back in the 70s as Planet X or Nibiru. And then all your ancient alien you know, dorks were like, it's a real thing. And then science was like, no, this is bullshit. And then science was like, it's a real thing. And there's been like 20 million different cases of they found Planet X. Well, they finally did. And it is exactly four point light years away from Earth. And it has a really big scientific name that I can't pronounce. And it is like eight times the size of Jupiter. It appears to be a dead uh, brown dwarf star that uh, is a little less hotter than our sun. And uh-huh. uh, it uh, has a weird electromagnetic ring above it that creates a halo or glow. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, you know, potentially, even though it's not quite a gas planet, not quite a star, because it is uh, like 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit or 15,000 degrees Fahrenheit, if the moons are close enough, it could actually potentially harbor life on those moons. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Hell yeah. Well... There's a chance, you know, they said that they recently discovered actual water, uh, flowing water on Mars. So there's that. Yeah. Did you see that thing about the the rover that's up there that every every year he has to sing happy birthday to himself like they programmed that? Yeah. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> it's like, oh. It was pretty adorable. Somebody, uh, somebody on Facebook or I think it was Twitter, they tweeted out. What would you guys do if we found out that Mars was actually the first Earth and we fucked it up and global warming actually reversed it and it froze and we had to recolonize? So we sent a rocket to Earth and the only two people on it were Adam and Eve. (laughs) (laughs) And the first person to reply to it just said, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I love I love the top comments Uh, on things like that. Oh, I know. It's the best. It really is. Well, who knows, man? Maybe uh, maybe Naburu. Is uh, is the next Earth Earth Part Two? Yeah, just got to or just got to plant a boo from Star Wars and be cool. The Gungans. <laughs> oh shit! My God, no one's gonna finish this episode. My dog wants food. Hang on. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I think nobody's used to us recording this early because it's only like nine o'clock. I love it. <laughs> I'm more awake. It's not bad. My dog is confused. She's like, no, normally like I've already eaten by now and I'm normally sleeping. The fuck is going on? <laughs> Damn near daylight out still. I don't trust it. Normally we're recording around the witching God, hour. your dog's ridiculous. Spoiled little shit. My dog is silly. I <laughs> spoiled her when she was just a little baby because she wouldn't eat. So I made her like a little E.T. trail of food throughout the house and she'd follow it to her food oh bowl. My God, I remember that. Now she's four years old. <laughs> <laughs> now she's four years old. And probably five out of seven nights a week, I'll fill her bowl and she'll stare at me and scratch the side of the couch. And so I had to make her like a four foot trail and then she'll fucking eat it one piece at a time and then just 
dive into the bowl and just scarf it all down from there. It's a game. <laughs> it really is, and it's my fault. I made the monster. Well, Steve, why don't you uh, why don't you take over and jump into the next little bit we Sweet. got here? Well, I got two things to bring to y'all. Check us out. Uh. So we've talked about funerals before, kind of the dark, demented, yeah. demented uh, things like, what would you do if you were, you know, would you want to be buried, yeah. cremated, whatever? Um, mm-hmm. I had no idea this was a thing, and this blew my mind because first off, it was by Vice. <laughs> That's where I seen it. it was on Vice. Dot com. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like on Facebook, it'll show things. And, like, the picture it showed looked like something that was in The Onion. The title sounded like it was from The Onion. And we all know <laughs> that The Onion is the most reliable news source ever, according to Sean. <laughs> Bite your tongue, boy. <laughs> and uh, so the, the tagline says, Family poses slain teen's body with PlayStation and Doritos at his funeral. So I'm like, there you go. I'm like, what? Like, is it like in the coffin with him? Like, okay, I can, I can, I can get behind that. You know, like if that's what he loves. Oh man, Renard Matthews' family wanted to remember the 18 year old just as he lived. The picture is on a very nice, very nice floor. You know, funeral homes are usually really nice places where they have you know your final, your final thing. You know, your remembrance. Yeah. Um, they have. Kind of like when you go to like a movie theater or like something like nice, you have like the like the poles with like the long ropes, you know? Yeah, the velvet yep. ropes. They uh-huh. have that around the dude. He's sitting in a just a random gaming computer chair. Wow. A stool to his side that has zebra cakes, Doritos, <laughs> diet, Dr. Pepper, and a PlayStation 4 controller in his hands. He's wearing a Celtics jersey, which you really love the Celtics. He's got his shades on, Aww. backwards ball cap, maybe a do-rag. I can't tell which one it is. And, like, it, I've never seen anything like this. And I thought it was a fake thing, but, no, it's totally real. It's in New Orleans. Um, wow. His mother, Tamika, uh, told WGNO that her son was a bit of a homebody who loved the Boston Celtics. <laughs> so she and the family decided on a non-traditional way of remembering him at Sunday's wake. And um, huh. he was tragically uh, – Tragically killed, and I believe was a drive-by shooting. And okay, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. According to Yahoo, the Tram Funeral Home has hosted a variety of unusual funerals, like these so-called extreme embalmings. Back in 2014, I mean, that's quite a while, a while back, you know. The funeral home yeah, reportedly well. put together a wake for a 53-year-old woman whose family asked for her to be posed at the table with a cigarette and a beer. The funeral home <laughs> has also stood a deceased drummer from a grassroots band, a drum set. For a wake, isn't that crazy? Wow, like, that is. I've never heard of anything like that at all. That's nuts. Yeah, we always, uh, we always uh, picture grandma smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer. Can you make our last memory that way? Yeah, like, <laughs> walk in. There's mummified grandma. It's, it's, it's. Yeah. Oh, and he's got Pringles cans to the right. I just noticed to the bottom. Yeah, you or, do. No, maybe that's cereal. I don't know. Either way. I think it's kind of serious. Either way, it's I, it is bizarre. Like, but when you look at that, I'm like, no way, this is real. I click on it, I'm like, this is great. This this is crazy. Yeah, that's interesting, man. But you know what? Everybody says, "Remember me for who I was." Right. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, I don't know. I think it'd be it'd be a little difficult because I, it'd play hell on me because I keep looking over and thinking like, oh, he's there, and any minute he's going to turn around. You know? Yeah. It's man, strange. Yeah, that's cool. Shit, nobody says you gotta, you know, be a cookie cutter. So right. So my next thing is, uh, while I was on the work trip, 
I was watching the Travel Channel. I never watch TV ever. It's always Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, something like that. I don't, I don't have cable. Don't want it. Whatever. Uh, but when it's there, sometimes I'll turn it on and I'll watch this, this or that. <laughs> I don't have cable. I don't want it, but I want to watch the show. But uh, just sometimes, though. Yeah, there was like some like little thing on the Travel Channel, and it was like like terrible reenactment, like oh, you know, like you know, they do like the reenactment shows, yeah. and they're just usually terribly acted. Um, but it kind of adds to the flavor of the show, I think, in a way. Right. Um, and it was basically just about all these different um, things that affected affected the world. Some of them were weird. Some of them were like really like just changed the world. Like I watched one that was about the barcode, how the barcode came into effect. And like, I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about it back in the day, they did all their inventory through um, just like punk punches and, you know, filling in holes. I mean, yeah. it's a terrible system. So it would take forever. They lose a bunch of inventory. Once, I mean, then you look at the barcode now, still used to this day, every day. Like you know, right. it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. So the other one that I watched was about uh, this doctor, and like I didn't really catch the whole thing. So I just remembered, like I I got on there and googled it real quick, and then saved it to the to the doc. Um, but apparently, it's about this guy named Doctor Leo Stanley. It's between 1913 and 1951. Um, his ch- he's a chief surgeon at the San Quentin prison for 40 years. He performed a lot of unethical experiments. And a lot, and like on hundreds of prisoners, like hundreds. Uh, he because who didn't? Yeah, right. It's like yeah, that's what I was thinking the whole time. And like they kind of, they kind of hinted at that. They were like, no one really had to answer to anybody. And once, right. once oh, yeah. you were put in these, fuck you, buddy. You're gonna yeah, die anyway, yeah. so you're mine. Yeah, exactly. Like sit on fucking Toy Story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he focused on rejuvenating their masculinity through two bizarre methods: sterilization and by implanting them with testicular substances oh. now when i say <laughs> this is so insane when i say uh substances i'm not just talking about other person's balls now you're probably asking where did dr leo stanley get these testicles well oh. back in the day goats monkeys <laughs> back in the day they didn't have as much um basically somebody gets put on death row the likelihood of them being lethally injected pretty slim uh-huh. back in the day when you were you were either you were that you were going you're being put to death electric chair done yeah. like or shot done hung done is is like quick you know gas chamber done and so what he would do is for the executed prisoners um mo- some executed prisoners would just be like basically tossed in a field and buried like unmarked grave right but some prisoners mm-hmm. even back then which is even more rare they actually had families that would come and claim their body once they were dead, and then they could take it and you know plant it where not plant bury yeah, <laughs> pose it next to a garden tiller, <laughs> bury it wherever they they wanted to. Uh, so that's uh-huh. where he was getting most of his testicles. They he would get them from the executed prisoners. They're dead. They, it's a cadaver body now. They can have it. Right. Um, and he, <laughs> Terry yeah. ain't gonna need these anymore, Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> and he did this, and he did this for for a long time. Now what he would do is he would do. The, he would do this for the um, for the the prisoners that were older too, because he wanted to prove oh, okay. that if he put younger testicles in an older man, it would rejuvenate them, give them the the fountain of youth method. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Oh, he also yeah, used yeah, yeah. livestock, including testicular implant experiments. He believed that the decline of white masculine vigor would lead to a degrading of the moral values of the country. So he's a little bit of a racist. 
Stanley wow. Stanley was imbued with a eugenic and see it didn't say anything of this in the travel channel <laughs> at all. Right. So it's like Stanley was imbued with eugenic ideas. He was afraid that undesirables would reproduce faster than superior people, i.e. white Christians, and would flood society with their defective genes by reinvigorating aging white men and by sterilizing more people with desirable traits. Dr. Stanley believed that the violence in society could be reduced. You're fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> uh, it is fucking yeah. nuts. Ooh. So Ew. when he finally basically got caught, like uh, uh-huh. what was was because of that? A family came to pick up a prisoner. They get him, <laughs> you know, hell, he's executed, you know, the date. And then they, they discover yeah. that he's been mutilated. And. And <laughs> like, now hang on a second. I knew when he went to prison, he had two testicles. Yeah. And like, well, that's <laughs> I mean, why, why is granddad missing nuts? That's the thing, though, is that, yeah, it's like, and it when you say mutilated, like, it's not like a, oh, I'm going to remove these testicles, then sew you back up. Like, no, like, it's just like yeah. ripped off, like chopped off. It's crazy. Yeah. Like fucking garden yeah. shears. Yeah. And, and then that's when the family turned to the media. And it was actually from what they were saying on, you know, Travel Channel was, it was like kind of like one of the first like times that it was started showing what doctors in these private facilities were doing at like at, at, yeah. at a high rate. So it was like a really shock to a lot of people. And plus it involves testicles. Yeah. I mean, like a private part, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was very taboo, yeah. like hardcore. Well, back in those times, you know, women didn't matter. It's all about men. And, you know, who gives a shit? what they go through bearing a child or, you know, their menstrual cycles. By God, if you kick a man in the nuts, uh, you know, the, the news stops and the world quits turning. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, God, not as marbles. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. And then, like, this is basically his, his end story. Stanley retired in 1951 and took a position as a doctor aboard a cruise ship. I wouldn't want to be in that cruise ship. Uh-huh. Uh, he himself underwent a vasectomy, apparently believing his own hype about their beliefs. He died in 1976 at the age of 90. It is interesting to note that despite his beliefs in eugenics and his fear that inferior stock would take over the human population, Dr. Stanley never had any children of his own. Isn't that crazy? Like, as much as he was wow. so, like, pushing that, dude never had any anything like that. So, And back then they— Dr. Stanley Sterile. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back then they probably didn't have, like, science for sperm count and stuff like that, right? So maybe he was just— Maybe he was right, just sterile yeah. in general anyway. Yeah. Again, you just blamed it on the woman. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. You know, that's all you did. Well, maybe something's wrong with yeah. it. Maybe give us some vitamin B and some electroshock therapy. Yeah, it's true. Shocker in the boobs, Timmy. I bet that'll make her have more babies. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, you know women's health back in that time, if you ever want to look up an interesting topic, the twilight drug that they gave women during childbirth um, mm-hmm. was uh, made with scopolamine, and uh, they would basically not remember anything that happened. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like an actual painkiller. They would uh-huh. they would give them the drug, and then they would wake up two days later. And be like, what? oh my god, I had a, I had a baby. Like this is amazing. I, I don't even remember anything. But then when they were actually going in and watching the doctors administer the drug, like the the women were like freaking out and like, there's elephants in the room and Satan's coming to get me. And like they were all like spazzing out. So then they had to like strap him down to the chair, and uh-huh. it actually stopped contractions. And so a lot of times, like the doctors had to go in and like pull the baby out, and it was actually oh, more no. painful. But because of the scopolamine yeah. wiped out their memories, they technically didn't remember it 
um, so they didn't remember all the pain that they endured. No way. Yeah. So, I mean, and you had all sorts of babies that, you know, had all sorts of um, malformities and stuff like that, you know, yeah. gimp arms and, and paralyzation and stuff like that. Oh, man, fuck that time period. Yeah. Dude. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We ought to do an episode, a, a deep dive into, like, the history of medicine. Yeah, well, this website, I just got this, the, the t- uh, I closed it now, but I'll put it back up. Um, it's a website dedicated to protecting, um, just pulling up uh, Alliance for human research protection. So like uh-huh. people using medicine to, you know, that it's make sure it isn't so insane. Basically they have like a whole ethics thing. Uh, okay. here. Yeah. And also to not uh, wipe away what happened in the past, exactly. too, you know, cause like 1984 shit, like, no, it's fine. We gave them lollipops and roofies and they were great. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty, really, that's all they did. They just fucking gave him roofies apparently. Yeah. Now, would they give them pain medicine too or just drug them and that, hack and slash? Yeah, they just drug them and hack and slash. Like uh, during like uh, the Civil War, a lot of times they would just like give them a bunch of whiskey. Like when they had to do like a, a leg operation, like they're amputating they a leg. They pregnant women whiskey, uh, Preston? No, I'm talking about like Civil War soldiers. Like when, when they were having like major operations like that, they didn't actually have pain medication. So they would just get them uh-huh. drunk and then just chop their leg off. Yeah. So, you know. Weird. All right, take a shot yeah. of whiskey and bite on this piece of wood, Jerry. We're chopping right. that fucker off. <laughs> right. Shit. Hey, I like the idea of the medicine thing. Like, there's so much. Yeah, that'd be fun. Crazy. Because well, we talked right about the nut transplants, and I forget what episode it was, but a while back, you know, we talked about that. Yeah. Preston. I think it was you and I, or you and I and Rob. No, it was me and you, and we talked about the the monkey testicle guy that uh, strapped yeah, monkey, monkey testicles. testicles. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was. Crazy, man. That's what Steve said. He's like, this might be a follow-up, but... Indeed. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, um, is that all you got, Steve? Yeah, that's all I got. Hell yeah, good one, man. I like that. You well, like um, nuts. These <laughs> <Tease> nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call this episode D's News? Or um, um, just wait. It's <laughs> just okay. You got one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I've uh, I've strewn together or sewn together all of my news stories, and I've got some really great linking, you know, segues here. So, guys, just brace yourselves some, for some of my best writing yet. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. Um, okay. So first up, if you are a tree hugging hippie who gets crabby about plastic pollution. There's a new plastic alternative that's being made from crabs and trees that might make you a little more happy. Hmm. And then that's when there's an awkward pause as I open up the first article. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why there's no crabs and bikini bottom. They're all being made to use for plastic <laughs> and not crabby right? patties. Hmm. Uh, so basically, um, everybody's looking for plastic alternatives right now because plastic is one of the worst polluting agents we have, you know, along the highways and in landfills and everywhere else. And we really got to find a way to do it. So, we, of course, we got the Japanese we talked about a while back, and they've got that enzyme that they accidentally made from that bacteria, and it pretty much like eats and breaks down plastic. Well, researchers at a Georgia Tech believe they've created a potentially viable alternative to plastic and one that's not only compostable but could keep food fresher for longer. Hmm. Yeah. So basically they've been able to make this new material comprised out of different layers of cellulose nanocrystals taken from wood pulp, which is a very common uh, way to find cellulose, and also chichtin or 
chitin, chitin, nanofibers, which can be found from the discarded shells of crabs and shrimp. That's crazy. Because some of them shells are really, nuts. really hard. Oh, yeah. So, Super hard, yeah, dude. That's, and really intricate the way they're made. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, what do they do? What do, you, what, do, what do they do with shells from from crabs now like oh science apparently yeah right like they just like grind them all down or like yeah i mean essentially i don't i don't i'm not a scientist <laughs> throw back to an old episode yeah by any but basically means. yeah i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure that there is a team of scientists you know in every fucking college and every wrong you know tech place and all they do is break things down smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> <laughs> levels <laughs> smaller you know microscopic levels and figure out what stuff's made out of and they look for literally they look for building blocks of how things are made that's crazy so it's cool these guys say that the main benchmark we now compare this to is pet or polyethylene terephthalates one of the most common petroleum-based materials in the transparent packaging you see many plastics using for soft drinks bottles and food packagings Mm. That makes sense. The material that we have made is up to 67% higher in reducing oxygen permeable. Now, that didn't sound right. Who wrote that? Our material showed up to 67% higher reduction in oxygen permeability over some forms of PET plastics, which means it could also keep food fresher for longer. And they said the reason is um, they get extreme flexibility and durability like plastic because we're layering different cellulose nanocrystals and that in itself is a crystalline uh, substance. Uh-huh. So you basically can't force gas through a crystal as easy as you can through, you know, a petroleum based plastic. It's weird too, because so it's going to be some, uh, one of the first times I've actually experienced something because I'm no scientist by any means either. And when <laughs> I was in Colorado, I had a, uh, it was like it was a two liter, but it was like halfway gone because we would just refill our uh-huh. drinks. We didn't have to stop all the time. And oh, right. we let, you know, we left in the back of a car and they pretty much drove everywhere up there. So like when we got out of the car, like the plat, you know, it was it, because of the elevation. It was like it was oh, yeah. weird. Like it was all like shriveled kind of like and I was like, that's weird because the cap's all the way on. But it, it comes through the plastic. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. That is kind of crazy, man. Well, like they're saying here, that's an awesome that's an awesome add on, Steve. Um, yeah, you have a harder time getting gases to go through crystal um, crystal structures, so it could be a really great way to keep things a lot fresher, a lot longer. And the way they make it basically is they mix the cellulose and the chitin with water, and they spray them in varying layers, allowing them to dry. And it all holds together because the cellulose is negatively charged, and the chitin is positively charged. So basically, they attract each other together and just make this really badass substance. So we could very soon see a really badass alternative to basic plastics being used in Coke bottles and everything else. Yeah. Fucking rad. Well, guys, from there, we're just going to slide on into the next story and talk about how the world's tallest water slide has finally met its end. Thank God. Yep. In a court case... The permission was finally granted to destroy the world's tallest water slide in Kansas City at Schlitterbahn Water. Wait a minute. So this was still this was still going on. Like it's it's mm-hmm. still been open. Yeah. 
It's still been open. Mm. Yeah. So we're talking about Verrucht, the world's tallest water slide. And unfortunately, it's got a really, really terrible uh, infamy about it because it did kill a small child um, a few years ago. And uh, that was 10-year-old Caleb Thomas Schwab, who was um, a little gruesome here, guys. He was decapitated when he went on this water slide, and the two women who rode the slide with him um, were seriously injured. So it, that that the way that the slide works is all based upon weight proportion, and mm-hmm. the attendant mm-hmm. let a mm-hmm. what was he like ten or like twelve year old boy, yeah, he, ten year old, sit in the sit in the front by himself with like two slightly overweight forty fifty year old women mm-hmm. sitting in the back. And if you if you know that your ride the the science behind it is based on weight. What what makes you think that that was kosher? Like that was safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's about as dangerous as calling women overweight, Preston. Well, hey, you are what you, you are. What you are. <laughs> He's no scientist like, you know by what? any means. Oh. I I trim my beard down, uh, you know, and I realize that my face has gotten fat and I have no chin. So I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised that we haven't got <laughs> some feminist letters. Some, some hate yeah, mail. Yeah. Well, I do my best to let everybody know that Preston does not speak for the <laughs> yeah. rest of Pixelated Paranormal, and I oftentimes cut a lot of his bad jokes out yeah. <laughs> into a master riff track that I'm going to expose if he ever becomes president. Now, see, yeah. last last week we went to Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun in Kansas City, uh-huh. and if I would have known this ride was still there, I probably would have went to Schlitterbahn instead. Because I knew yeah. this case was going on. I didn't think it was still open. That's crazy. Uh, but, okay, so here's what's crazy. The slide itself is is not open. It was closed and never reopened. Okay, okay, accident. okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Don't get that okay. twisted, buddy. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was made back in 2012. It stood around like 17 stories high. Um, I think it was like a 168-foot-long slide. But it was it was conceived in 2012, but it took – what was it? Like almost two years to open because it was plagued by terrible design problems. Even the actual engineer who designed it, um, whenever he was in a meeting, he's like, yeah, here's a slide. It is not fucking safe at all. And then the owners were like, no, it's fucking great, man. Just fucking put it up. Shut up and put up. And he's like, no, it's it's not – sound like people are going to get hurt but apparently the the longest rumor running is that they were really trying to find something to bring travel channel to their water park for publicity because you know if if they show up to your place and they do one of their videos um you're gonna have huge peaks and huge turnouts because everyone wants to ride your water ride Mm -hmm. and so I mean, it took them months after months after months to open. They were supposed to open. It kept getting delayed. Um, Even the morning it was supposed to open, I think it opened way late in the day because crash test dummies were sliding and flying off and everything else. And like Preston said, it was all about um, weight distribution. But see, I think – well, I remember the the videos you're talking about and I think some of that is hype, trying to hype the idea because – Oh, sure. Like our, it, it is. It very much is. It's hyped by the people who made yeah. it. It's, it's by Schlitterball. So the video of them know, showing the dummies and all that and all that stuff, I think – I got to watch how I say this because we, we actually discussed this on the car ride back from the water park. Uh-huh. We were talking about like that water slide. And when we went to Orchards of Fun, I only rode two, I think. 
because the lines were mm-hmm. so long and by the time you get up there, you're like, what the fuck's the point? Yeah. But when you do go down one, it's extremely fun. But I remember talking about yeah. it and I was like, okay, like, and we all pretty much agreed that ultimately like that ride attendant <laughs> fucked up. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that it would, I don't want to say it. A kid's life was lost and it's terrible. And, yeah. and like, regardless, I don't want to be one of the people to be like, well, his parents should have been with him, blah, blah, blah. Right. Something on that, I think, like, I don't know, man. Like, I think that, that should be, if you're a child, you shouldn't just be like, oh, here, get thrown in with these people. Like, you know, like, it's because, mm-hmm. like, when I mm-hmm. rode, sure, yeah. when I rode, like, a raft ride one time in um, in Oklahoma City at Whitewater Bay, like, I always tell the story. It's hilarious. It was me and two other um, larger people. I'm not going to say overweight, Preston. And, and, um, <laughs> then one that was kind of, that was kind of athletic and petite. And then they were just like, Oh, this kid needs a ride. Oh my God. We went down there. I'm the heaviest. So like I'm pulling all the weight towards down the slide and it's going all over the place uh-huh. and you have to hold on to it. Cause if you don't hold on to it, it's going to fling you. <laughs> and I remember right. like coming backwards, looking, looking towards the bottom and you see this like lifeguard down there that's supposed to like direct everything. Just get, just get demolished by the the tidal wave that I, that I created. (laughs) And then the kid, the kid that was in the raft flew like, like several feet in the air and into the water launched. Yeah. Because he wasn't holding on and it was that much weight. So you see what I'm saying? Because like kids, kids or just idiots in a ride like that. Like, uh, I remember like when it started going just this on Kansas city, I was like, Oh, it'd be crazy if you just didn't hold on to it. Dude, if you didn't hold on to it, like when you go up that much, I would have fell right on my sister or fell right on her boyfriend or Aaron. And it was like, it was, it was so crazy. And so like a kid like that. So my point is, is if it's an intense ride like that, you know, it's, it's so high. I mean, that isn't, that is so insane. And you know, like they have thrill levels on the, at these water parks Uh and that one's obviously got to be the top tier. Right. It's got the skull and crossbones by it. Yeah, yeah. You know, right? You know that a child, children are fearless. Sometimes they're mm-hmm. they want. Oh yeah, dude. You always want to be with the grown-ups. Yeah, like right. You know, and what they're doing. And then like, so you're gonna want to ride and ride like because they're gonna have special things. You have to hold on. You have to cross your arms. You have to do all these different things, and you want to make sure a kid's gonna follow that. So why wouldn't you be on there with your child? Like, and I know that's terrible to no. say. I'm not trying to victim shame whatsoever. And, no, yeah. and it comes it yeah. comes down to the park itself and being responsible right. for the employee that they hired that they should have given the proper training to. Maybe they maybe they did and they proved that in court. Um mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be one of the people that oh they should have never tore it down, you know. It's to me it's not about if it's safe because it, it is a safe ride is when it's operated right. It's just like you can't go on an upside down roller coaster and not mm-hmm. be belted mm-hmm. in. It, you're not using it right. Right. So when you use the water mm-hmm. slide right, it does work and it is safe. Unfortunately, there was an accident to it. When an accident, something very tragic like that happens to any kind of ride, it should be demolished. It should be as an honor thing. Yeah. They should put a it memorial should. there to uh, to realize that these amusement parks um, – I don't know. I'm kind of getting like philosophical because I've been watching the Dark Tourism show on Netflix, and that is by far yeah, one right. of my favorite shows I've ever seen on Netflix when it comes to like documentary type things. It's so cool. And every episode, like when they go to these things, the people, thrill seekers or dark stuff, at the end of the episode, like you kind of get like a, a deeper meaning of it. Like 
you know, you might want to go to some some place where a lot of tragedy has happened as a as an sure. an, an adrenaline and an excitement. And then at the end of the day, you're like, oh my god, like all these people did die there, and it's kind of surreal and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing should be with that ride. Once it's tore down, put a memorial yeah. in, maybe make another ride dedicated to a uh, a child's ride or something. You know, something something classy like oh that yeah, cool. something safer than that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, <clears throat> to go a little bit on what you just said a little bit ago, the token phrase anywhere you go in public. I mean, on the cruise we went on. Um, to tourist traps, to water parks, to, uh, you know, the supermarket. Mm-hmm. The token phrase is always, well, where the fuck are the parents at? Yeah. Where's that kid's parents at? But here's the problem. And here's an argument that you'll, I'm sure you'll agree with. When you take your kids to a water park, you walk in there and you assume it's going to be the safest place you can take them. And for the price you pay – and how popular of destinations they are. It's true. You're pretty much assuming that there's going to be supervision because, you know, everybody who works there is trained. They're all, you know, at some form of lifeguard or another. They know CPR. Mm-hmm. They know first aid. That's true. You just walk in there and assume your kid's fine. And th- that's what happened then. I'm sure the mom, either the parents, I'm not going to say mom, the parents dropped the kids off and or, or took them there and they went different directions. And he's like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to ride this ride. Grownups are riding mm-hmm. this ride. And then just the shittiest thing happens, man. And it's yeah. a split second, a terrible decision. The the lifeguard should have stopped it or whatever. But I mean, it's just sad, dude. You, you take your kids; they're not expecting anything to ever go wrong. And then here's what happens, you know? That's yeah. And it is sad. Like I said, I'm not trying to victim shame. And no, it, no, you're you're it's not such a natural thing like oh where were the parents you know we all do it everybody does it every time you see something sure. on facebook about any kind of ill thing that happens to a child oh, yeah. you're like how could they do that how where were their parents oh, yeah know? all these armchair parents yeah. fucking them flying yeah. down the woodwork and i you know i don't have any room to talk i'm not a parent but it just it i don't like seeing any one person blamed for a, tra- a tragedy right, like right. that it's an unfortunate accident unfortunately it does fall on the person that was in charge of providing safety on that ride and whether that falls yeah. on the parks or the person in itself, like, I don't know. Oh, and yeah. like, you got to think of the person. I mean, could you imagine being that employee and like making that oh, dude, honest, yeah. mis- honest mistake or negligent mistake? Yep. Like, Oh, like it, it would haunt you. Like, Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine. Oh yeah, dude. Oh Yeah. Well, and then kids, little kids go on water rides all the time. I've been to water parks before where it's like Shayla and myself and her sister. And this is before, you know, we were all married or whatever. But there's rides where you have to have somebody ride with you, like two-person rides. And I've gone on rides before where there's been like a little 10-year-old kid riding with me. Mm -hmm. And I've bailed off, you know, half those things, the water slide ends in a giant trough of water. And you go flying off the inner tube. Half the time I go on there, I'm like, this kid's so fucking tiny. And I couldn't tell you the amount of times I've dove in and like pulled a kid out of the water. And the kid's just like, and I'm like, you fucker, you're going to (laughs) drown. So, I mean, yeah, little kids are going to do what little kids want to do. And I just, I hope it's a learning experience and they tighten up a lot on security, if nothing else, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's sad. But um, what you asked about earlier is you couldn't believe it was still open. It, of course, was blocked off and shut down. But they had to leave it up for investigation reasons. They had to go on there and check every bit of it because, I mean, if we're going to scrutinize this thing for a kid's death, you better believe there are 4,000 magnifying glasses on that thing at any oh, given yeah. time looking for every reason for sure. to stick it to them, you know. So 
yeah, they finally, I guess, came to a conclusion and they uh, have given the order to go ahead and tear it down. So it's a, it's, it's a sad story. Well, from a water slide plagued by problems, we go to a man who is just facing the plague. Eh? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So we're going to go to Colorado now, guys. And a Denver man who recently returned from an expedition in Congo may possibly have contracted Ebola. Damn it. What a time for a pop-up. Denver Post, I don't want to subscribe to your magazine. I can read it Same thing happened to me. (laughs) Right. um, Colorado health officials are scrambling to determine whether a man who recently worked with sick people in eastern Congo became ill on Sunday and could have possibly contracted Ebola after he returned to the States. The man had been working with sick and dead people in an area of eastern Congo where a recent outbreak of Ebola had largely dissipated with no new Ebola cases reported over the previous 45 days. On the Sunday morning, he reported a sudden severe symptom resembling either the flu or possibly appendicitis or maybe even the Black Death. Yeah. Yeah, the Colorado health officials say, we felt that if he had Ebola, then he could have been very communicable. We had no wiggle room to be wrong. The man became ill suddenly in the morning, declining, uh, she said declining to specify on the exact symptoms because, you know, news travels fast. He is getting better, so that is good. The three members of the ambulance crew that picked the man up, two of them being paramedics, one being a student... Man, fuck school, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, we're being held in isolation, and the Denver public health officials say they're looking into significant other. Okay, they're looking for a significant other who may have had contact with the man, warranting testings, warranting testings as a precaution. They said they're currently working through how to handle the man's residence, also before confirmatory. Reta- Before confirmatory testing for Ebola was complete, we don't think we're going to have anything to worry about in his house, but we don't know as nothing has been confirmed yet. Mm. So that could be fucking ground zero right there in his house. Yeah, like the stand. (laughs) Uh, That's just terrible, man. You hear very few cases of that in the U.S., but uh, that's, that's pretty scary. It's one of my biggest fears, honestly, is getting something like that. Yeah, like Outbreak. <laughs> yeah, that's the monkey movie, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, so when uh, when dad was over in uh, Vietnam, he uh, was babysitting this village like the last year and a half he was over there. Mm-hmm. But there was another village that he had to help patrol, and there was a Catholic priest that was stationed in that village because it was a leprosy colony, and dad had to interact with that guy all the time. And luckily, oh, wow. both of them never contracted leprosy, but the mm. Catholic priest was like, hey, just, you know, just bring me in my whiskey. I'll be all right. So dad always dropped him off a bottle of whiskey and uh, help, help take care of the lepers. Damn. Crazy. Yeah. Your dad. We should do an episode about your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Damn, sh- we yeah, some of the shit that dude's done. Jeez. Fucking bees and yeah. monkey man. <laughs> Surviving that <laughs> surgery. Yeah. Like, that's fucking what a badass, man. Yeah, <laughs> we, ought to, we ought to do an episode about your pops. So, 
Fucking crazy. Well, that story is a short but sweet one. So we're going to go from a guy who's facing the Black Plague to racist robots who are accusing members of Congress <laughs> as being criminals just because they're black. Mm. Ooh, by Amazon, too. Oof. I know. Yeah. Way to go, guys. Way to go, Amazon. Amazon facial AI matched politicians with criminals in a recent ACLU test. <laughs> Amazon Incorporated, Amazon.com Incorporated's facial recognition software falsely matched 28 members of Congress to criminal mugshots of different people, according to the test conducted by the American Civil Liberties Union, or ACLU, which argues that the technologies used by law enforcement may violate civil rights, a.k.a. Minority Report. <laughs> Yeah, ACLU, right? So wait, it's all the- <laughs> it's more like it's more like RoboCop when he's like scanning the crowd. <laughs> well, like a lot of a lot of movies have that. You know, they'll run. Let's run this through the database, and they just have this like face. This face is like yeah. <laughs> it's like all these mug shots. And I was like, I was really, yep. I was really displeased, and I realized that wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, it is. But you're okay, Steve, because you're Caucasian. Yeah, yeah like it's fucking oh, crazy. What a. F- yeah, dude. The ACLU cites that the results of an experiment in which it used Amazon's recognition tool compared pictures of all members of the House and Senate against a database of over two uh, – over two – man, use your words, Sean – over 25,000 arrest photos. The subsequent false matches disproportionately affected members of the Congressional Black Caucus, it said – reinforcing concerns that the technology is less effective on people with darker skin. So that's interesting. It's not necessarily inherently racist, but it's interesting to me in the optics of the machine. If you want to get scientific, if you look at somebody who's more light skinned, the the way the light, you know, reflects and refracts off the face, you're going to get more discernible shadows Mm -hmm. on a lighter skin than a darker skin. But the ACLU is not coming out just to find blatant racism. They're coming out to find ways to prove it's just unfair and this, you know, quote, oh, so it's, <laughs> robot yeah, racism so it's to help. is byproduct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are like, oh, the ACLU is just looking for reasons to complain again. Like, no, they're looking for scientific ways to show that things are unbiased whether we like it or not. Right. And this is just an unha- unhappy accident that's very real. Huh. And, you know, when you and I had talked about this before, we talked about like when we went to art school and we were going through training mm-hmm. that like when we were taught to do portraits, like you, you you had to understand the anatomy of like the human body and like the difference between like African noses, African-American noses, Asian noses, mm-hmm. Japanese, because mm-hmm. each, you know, as a, as a as a human species, each one of our races has different characteristics that make us unique, but as far as like, you know, how the black, how wide a black person's nose is versus where it's actually placed on the face mm-hmm. is slightly different. And it, it just seems like when you're creating a program to identify like people that you'd want something that would identify them more uniquely, like maybe by like their iris, because your iris has an actual pattern to it that's different from person mm-hmm. to person versus right. where like, eh, you know, this person's got like a slightly wide nose and it's kind of bald. 
Well, like, you know, like I said, like how many, you know, like me, you and Steven, like we all have beards. Um, and how many of us have hard parts? And so if you're having your criminal, criminal database, a white guy with a beard and a hard part, like how, right. you know, it could matches up pretty easy to that. So, yeah, I think the ultimate answer is everybody gets face tattoos like Post Malone. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, I don't know, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy to see how all this, uh, how all that technology works. Because you, you guys probably don't. I, I don't think either one of you use Snapchat. Um, mm-hmm. Like sometimes when you use like Snapchat or any of them like AR type filter type programs, like you people will be like, oh, there's a ghost over there because something will make the program think that it's a face or that there's right, a body right. there. Something. It- yeah, exactly. It's like it's like Preston just said. It is picking up on forms and shapes that are oftentimes combined into one image to make out what constructs a face, basically. Indeed. So that's exactly like. And you know, when you watch some of these ghost hunting shows, a lot of a lot of ghost hunters use the Xbox Connect to pick up on bodies, and you always see like that infrared video of like a stick figure dancing or walking or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of times that footage, it's a, it's a body standing still and like an arm twitches, like goes in, out, in, out, in, out, or like the leg kicks forward or back or forward or back. And then all of a sudden like it lunges forward at the camera. It doesn't necessarily lunge forward at the camera. The, the person or the, the stick figure just gets smaller and closer to the camera because a light shifted and changed that, uh, that rigging or whatever. But I don't know. It's interesting nonetheless. But uh, it says here that some artificial intelligence softwares that use facial recognition have been shown to be racially biased because it was trained using images that included relatively few minorities. Hmm. The members of Congress who were falsely matched with the mugshot database we used in the test included Republicans and Democrats, men and women, and legislators of all ages from all across the country. The ACLU said in their blog post, these results demonstrate why Congress should join the ACLU in calling for a moratorium on law enforcement that use facial surveillance. That's that's pretty intense to me. And I was wondering, like, well, what is is the over-under here? Like, what's the uh, sensitivity they're using? And they said in the statement, Spokesperson for the Amazon Web Services questioned by the ACLU's methodology says the ACLU used tests registered as matches to anything the system viewed as an 80% confidence. So it had to only be an 80% match. So, okay, that's that's not a flaw, but that's an important detail. We only had to have an 80% match on facial construction. But they said that is the default Amazon offers to the public counter argument that's very smart we set it to the shittiest setting because nobody's very smart and uh boom half the world who uses this thing don't go into the settings and change it you know the sensitivity so yeah a bunch of dipshit armchair cops who now can have their access to the minority report robocop i'm not saying he's a criminal but he's probably a criminal i'm at least 80 <laughs> percent sure he's a criminal it's kind of scary it is yeah um amazon argues um It guides law enforcement customers to register matches only at levels of 95% match or higher. The lower standard is intended for applications with lower stakes and wouldn't be appropriate for identifying individuals with a reasonable level of certainty. Um, Law enforcement was made wide use of facial recognition in the past, blah, 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 for lots of different tasks, including running mugshots against databases of drivers. 
But more importantly, their argument is, yeah, this is really shitty that you know we really mislabeled a bunch of Congress folk, but we also use this for human trafficking. Mm. So that's that true. becomes very interesting and that's very important. I would rather – I mean obviously we'd rather sit there and like misidentify somebody's girlfriend or cousin for you know a missing girl yeah. <laughs> than be like, oh, excuse me, you know, Judge Johnson, you're wanted for murder. Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. And you know, here's what's funny. Here's a fun little tangent. Um, a guy in my neighborhood was telling me, he's like – Man, you know all these uh, all these stadium lights that go along the highway, you know, across the field from where we live. They've all got infrared cameras, man. They've all got X-ray cameras, and right now they can see through the walls in your house and see you walking around, man. And I'm like, well, you're certainly paranoid and getting on the wrong stuff. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, wait. And then of course, you know, I licked the the frog and I <laughs> zoned out psychedelically. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. What if he's right? Like. If they do have cameras that have the technology, which there's a lot of rumors and a lot of people who say they do, you could you would you'd aim those down at cars passing down high interstates. And if if we did have that, or not even X-ray cameras, just cameras in general, you could be zapping the windshields of all these cars. That's true. And and looking for people who are on missing posters and and trafficking and everything else. So I left that 45 minute conversation with him thinking. You're incredibly off your rocker, but you might not be too far from the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting. But yeah, so I mean, kind of a bit of a blunder for Amazon there, but uh, who knows? Dangerous technology. That's why you get everybody fingerprinted and you do a cheek swab. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So – at this point, guys, um, we're going to jump into the meat and taters of the episode. Taters. We're finally going from falsely accused congressional criminals to a certain congressional candidate with personal paranormal fetishes. Bigfoot's dingle. What's it called? Who unzipped their fly? That was my case. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, hold up. <laughs> Stephen's getting his dingle out for the story. You better hide that dingle till we get to the tingle. <laughs> to the tingle. <laughs> oh, so if if nobody knew this before now, people may not believe that Bigfoot exists, but they should believe that Bigfoot porn does exist. And who better to bring this to light than people running for Congress? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's story time, folks. Leslie Cockburn, the joke writes itself. I I, I, I said this when you showed me this article. I said, uh-huh. first off, why in the hell is your profession <laughs> politics with a name like that? I know. Give up. I know. Like, yeah. no, don't no, try. No, this lady's my favorite person now. I know. Le- like, legally change it, okay? Yeah, like, oh my okay, God, so go by your maiden name. Just like, it's crazy. Just like Nick Lachey doesn't really pronounce his name Lachey, it's it's spelled like Leachy, like L-E-C-H-E or whatever. She is claiming, of course, before she ran, her last name is not Cockburn, it's Coburn. No, no. So the C and the K are silent, Steve. It, no, it's, it's just like Joe Dirt. Joe Dirte. No, fuck that. Dirte, yeah. right? <laughs> Man, my name is Jingman. Didn't teach you in English. Your name. That you can't have a C <laughs> yeah, and a K yeah, be silent. Like, no shit. Like that's crazy. <laughs> Your name isn't some fancy shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're we're a podcast that's all about honesty here. So to keep her honest, we're going to refer to her as Leslie Cockburn. Yes. <laughs> 
Leslie Cockburn, a Democratic congressional nominee in Virginia. By the way, you got to give props. This is from the New York Times, guys. Start over. Leslie Cockburn, because I wanted to say her name again, a Democratic congressional nominee in Virginia, has accused her Republican opponent, a man named Denver Riggleman, on Sunday of campaigning with white supremacists. That's fucking shitty enough as it is in today's social climate. What else could you possibly do to make this lady think that you're just an overall shitbag that shouldn't run for Congress? Oh, you're also being supposedly labeled as a Bigfoot porn devotee. (laughs) He likes Bigfoot's dick and he congregates with the KKK. Get him out of the hill, people. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, guys. Miss Cockburn is accusing. (laughs) You can't. That name is so bad. We just call her Leslie. Yeah. If you want. Uh, like Leslie C. accusation, which was made in a tweet, was tweeted as follows. My opponent, Denver Riggleman, running mate of Corey Stewart, was caught on camera campaigning with white supremacists, period. Now he has been exposed as a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. This is not what we want on Capitol Hill. And then she takes a screenshot from Denver Riggleman, all one word, on Instagram, on his Instagram feed. Only 21 likes, so I don't think the guy's going to win. It is like a colored pencil crudely drawn Bigfoot with a censored bar placed over his dick that hangs down to his knees. So first of all, watch out because that thing might hurt somebody. That thing's like a a T-Rex arm with holding an apple. (laughs) But it says Denver Riggleman cover art for hashtag mating habits of Bigfoot almost complete. I hide nothing in this magnificent tome. Don't erase the censored box dot dot dot. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. Beep. Oh, shit. And so in, during an interview on Monday, Ms. Rig- Mr. Riggleman said he's writing a book about people who believe in Bigfoot, but denies that the supposed book contains anything erotic. He said an eyebrow-raising image of Bigfoot on his social media account was just the result of a 14-year-old practical joke between him and some of his old military buddies. That's just so hilarious. Like, what? (laughs) I know. Oh, it's so great. So this whole thing started because they were uh, competing for a seat in the 5th Congressional District of Virginia. Um, Basically, the guy who held the seat already – he dropped out because he wanted to go seek uh, professional help for his alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tom Garrett's this guy um, said he would not be seeking reelection to basically go handle his shit. So, Mr. Riggleman, an Air Force veteran and businessman, and quick side note: thank you for your service. Uh, we do appreciate that, even if you are into Bigfoot stick. Um, he won the Republican primary to run as the replacement for the guy who's a raging alcoholic. Since then, Ms. Cockburn has made an effort to link Mr. Riggleman to elements of the far right, including Corey Stewart, the Republican nominee for United States Senate in Virginia. Now, Mr. Stewart, a Minnesota native, has defended the Confederacy, uh, defended the Confederacy and praised the now disavowed white nationalists. Cockburn began her tweet on Sunday referring to Riggleman as a running mate that was just throwing shade, folks, because uh, mm. senators don't have running mates. But, you know, she'd do what she'd do. 
But now she says, now that he's been exposed as a devotee of Bigfoot Erotico, we don't need this on Capitol Hill. And she shows the picture. And what's even better is later on, another photo got posted to his Instagram that had his face superimposed on like a shitty like uh, MS paint job (laughs) onto Bigfoot's body. Oh, so good. And she says – He's accused, she was accused of anti-Semitism for a book that she wrote on the United States-Israel relationship, but she, uh, of course, declined to be uh, interviewed about that. But her campaign spokeswoman, Louise Bruce, says they deserve to know the true character of anyone who is asked to be sent to Congress and represent them. So, of course, Riggleman gets interviewed, and he says he did not believe in Bigfoot, but has been interested in Bigfoot since he was a child. Supposedly, when he was 10 years old, he and his grandfather abruptly ended a walk they were on in the woods because his grandfather, quote, his grandfather, quote, saw something mighty peculiar that was hairy and large in the woods. Riggleman doesn't claim himself that he saw anything, but since then, he's had a childhood interest that spawned into his adulthood about Bigfoot. Now, we will get to more of the story on another episode because he apparently um, participated in an ESPN article over 10 years ago called A Bigfoot Hunt in West Virginia. And that's crazy because that's in ESPN magazine. So that's kind of cool. They're really covering the gamut of <laughs> editorial uh, ESPN magazine. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, he has also participated in writing a book called Bigfoot Encounters Incorporated, the particularly cautionary mostly true tale of Monster Hunt 2006, again authored by ESPN writer Don Barone, which describes another Bigfoot hunt in the Adornak. I couldn't pronounce this last time, Preston, and I can't pronounce it now. (laughs) Adirondack Mountains of New York. Ruggleman explained his relationship to Bigfoot and some theories about the creature in a video posted Monday on a YouTube video that we're not going to actually tell you guys about. But he did manage to say, I didn't know there was Bigfoot erotica, even with all my Bigfoot studies. I thought this was such a joke and that nobody would ever be dumb enough to think this was real. But I guess her campaign did. You fucking douchebag. You believed it was real. And here's why I say he believes it real, guys. Here is where I drop the mic. Riggleman says the whole thing is a joke that has been misconstrued by Miss Cockburn. The naked drawing of Bigfoot that she tweeted was no more than a gag that was sent to him by his friends. Although, the smoking gun here is that uh, it references a title of a second book that he says he's currently writing called The Mating Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him. Weirdo. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And now he says he describes the book as sort of a joke. Um, anthropolo- anthropological study of Bigfoot believers. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> so, Preston, you're blowing me up here with all these. <laughs> a second image tweeted by Miss Cockburn, blah, blah, blah. And he ends here saying, I have a sense of humor. I'm not going to apologize for my personality. So do you guys think, is that enough to to put a man on blast for the fact that he gets down on a little Bigfoot dick? Nah. Nah. Yep. Let, people get, let people do uh, what they want. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't children, you know, don't, don't fuck with little kids. Because check this shit out, all right? So this kind of goes hand in hand with uh, this type of erotica 
So uh-huh. there's a website out there. I actually seen this on a like. Okay, hang on real quick. Yeah. Let's go ahead and drop. Let's go ahead and drop the warning. Okay. At this point yeah. in the show, guys, um, maybe move the kids out of the room. <laughs> maybe if you're listening um, at work, turn the headphones down a bit or plug your headphones in. This is going to be a very NSFW, not safe for work conversation. Um, if you got a new friend you just met riding in the passenger seat and you're listening to the show now, maybe look at <laughs> turn him it and up. say, <laughs> <laughs> bring that beat back again. No, maybe tell him that, uh, to be fair, I don't know what they're about to talk about because uh, people are going to look at you funny. Okay, go ahead, We're, Steve. <laughs> so I watched one of them like 90-second um, docs type things that mm-hmm. they'll post on Facebook and other news sites. And this chick actually makes um, dragon dildos and oh, wow. um, tentacle fetish weird sex toys. And um, they actually have a, a Bigfoot one. I'm trying to find it, but they do have mm-hmm. one. They have. Is it lost in your drawer, Steve? You no, nah, like they're, dude, they, <laughs> this shit is some crazy, 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 like looking. There's like alien ones. Um, what what are the centaur ones? Like it's. Oh, yeah. Minotaurs. Yeah, and it's like a big old horse. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty insane. So the website, uh, just type in bad dragon and you'll find it. And it's not just. Yo, girl, you like dragons? Yeah. Good. Cause I'm about to be dragging these nuts yep. across your face. <laughs> they even have uh, what's called a David's muzzle, which is a. Um, Bully really? A, a male version you can use to put in the it looks like a snout with a dog's mouth it's kind of weird um up your butt or in your pee hole uh either one you want it oh, to well, do well, I, steve i don't know if you know much about anatomy but one entrance is bigger than the well other. i mean these things are these things are named dragon for a reason they're massive and some people oh. <laughs> some people enjoy that sean you know, you've been what? married a long different time. For different folks, <laughs> right. they also have wearables, so you can wear um, and and look like a dragon if you wanted to. Um, oh man, they have um, packers, so if you wanted to cosplay and appear to be more larger than what you were given by whatever deity you choose. Uh, <laughs> I thought you meant Packers like they had like football themed ones like the Packers. <laughs> no, they have <laughs> like green Bay Let me get Packers. you with my cheese head, baby. <laughs> they have one called the uh, the Anthro Dragon and it is massive. It is huh. it's only $75. You can actually get it uh you can actually get it um su- surprised where you can they'll Paint it whatever color. You can do a custom color. You can even upload graphics to their dildos. That's right. Oh, wow. So you can make it look like oh. whatever you want. But like Steel-plated metal? Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I mean, shit, for 75 bucks at that price, get two of them. Right? They also yeah. have... You had one for a friend. All of the... Any kind of um, sexual lubrication you'd want, including dragon-scented ones. How they know what a dragon smells like is beyond me. Got to be like buttholes and elderberries. They even have Ooh. little keychains of replicas of the merch they sell. So be prepared for your stocking stuffers, Preston. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Preston always hide his keys? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, so this used to have Rick and Morty. Now it's got Dragon's Dick and Morty. Yeah, it's like, and it's just, it's just weird because 
like to me, it's like if somebody chooses to buy these merchant, buy this merchandise and do whatever they want, whatever mm-hmm. their bag is their bag. It just sucks mm-hmm. that some of these politicians get shamed into being what they're interested in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's true, right? It's well, it's okay for is. you to have that that fetish and hide right. it from the public. But then it's not okay for politicians who are essentially just people by themselves exactly. to have those same fit. You know, it's not well, like if he's obsessed with Bigfoot's dick, as long as he can do a good job and run our country, who the fuck cares? Yeah. But the thing is, we hold politicians to a higher standard that's sometimes unobtainable. Like, I, I don't want the president or the governor or the mayor, like, messing with fucking kids or, you know, cheating on his wife or her husband or her wife or his husband with you know prostitutes or sitting here making fun of a certain type of person and meanwhile in the closet he's doing things to said people I want an honest person and if it was me and Riggleman I'd be like fuck yeah in today's society yeah who knows but the thing is here Riggleman in your defense sir if you're listening and I'm sure you are you're not the only one getting down on them squatch nuts man because apparently as of July 30th, on Pornhub's research and analysis team, they reported that searches containing Bigfoot went up over 8,000% on July 30th on their website after Ms. Cockburn tweeted that tweet. So I don't know what the baseline was for how many porns were being watched or searched for daily about Bigfoot, but 8,000%? Those are big numbers. Yeah. For a Bigfoot. <laughs> but they said it's funny because while they're sitting here doing all of their research and kind of figuring out what's going on and why there's such a spike, they said, we're actually pretty surprised and we're very open-minded here, but none of us were expecting the amount of people searching for Bigfoot porn before the tweet scandal happened to be as high of a number as it was. And they don't really list the number here. But that's pretty interesting, man. Yeah. And like you said, Steve, people got different kinks, man. Yeah. Different pokes for different folks. Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just type of person like, whatever. Yeah, you don't know. kink shame. Exactly. Kink shame. Yeah, Unless you're into shit. little kids or like animals, yeah. don't kink well, shame. Well, I fucked up shit. Yeah, that's pretty But cool. to more depressing news in Wichita and surrounding cities around America – there's a little restaurant that I love called Genghis Grill. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, they shut down today. There are no more what? in Yeah, pretty fucking sad. I'm not oh. a real big Hoo-Hot fan. Everybody's like, you go to Hoo-Hot, Hoo-Hot's in there. This is a Mongolian grill for anybody out there that doesn't know. Um, so you yeah. go in there, you get your vegetables and your meats, and it's all raw, and you put your sauces, and then they cook it on the, the big, um, what do you call that? Mm-hmm. Grill stove, whatever thing, and then you know they yeah, chop, flat top grill. yeah they chop it up and it's it's great it's great food uh, really protein food and um, it just really sucks because I love I love that shit and they have this one here called Who Hot and everybody's like oh it's so much better because it's all you can eat yeah but it's not that much better it's I don't think it's I don't think I, to me them places all come down to the sauces you use because. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you're just sauce is boss. Yeah, like right, and boss. that one just has such incredible sauce at Mongolian or uh, Hoo Hot, mm-hmm. and then where or not Hoo Hot, but uh, Genghis Grill, where Hoo Hot, you know, and they're like, oh, like you get all you can eat, dude. Like if you can eat more than one bowl, you're insane. Like I'm big as mm-hmm. shit, and one bowl fills me up. 
Now, Steve, let's let's give them the facts though, because we're about the facts and the truth. Your bowl typically is about <laughs> eighteen inches high. Well, to be fair, I've watched you it, craft, yeah, masterfully craft yeah, your bowl. Yeah, it's all it's uh, it's all raw food. So once you cook it down, and like a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. I get does mm-hmm. go down. Uh, like I make I make mine very. Um, like so, you put the vegetables at the bottom because they don't stick. The flat veggies on the bottom. Yeah, they don't stick, and then you just pile all your protein on the top of it, and you can get this like big mound. It's fucking awesome, and everybody like laughs and, then, and they go in there and do it. But whereas and then a pyramid stack eggs on top too, because I used to like put like six eggs on mine. Yeah, what's mm-hmm. dope is that they keep the egg. They kept the eggs behind the counter, so you just tell them how many eggs you want now, so you don't got to waste time putting that on your bowl. Oh, damn, Steve, aerodynamic, yeah, bro. Change your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you and I went, and like I, I'm pretty proud of how big I would used to make my bowls. They used to be pretty big. And then, like, I look over at yours, and you're just like a fucking architect. Yeah, dude, I'm <laughs> just like, like a science. Your 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 building supports out of like fucking carrots yeah. and broccoli. <laughs> I'm really, really. I'm actually really like my sister's. Like, are you crying right now? I'm like, I'm not crying. I'm sad though because I hadn't got a chance yeah. to take Aaron, uh, Aaron there. We went there oh, uh, the no. week before we, the day before we were going to go to Worlds of Fun last week on Monday, and we yeah. got there. We were so excited, and then. I was like, that's weird. There's no cars here. And then there was a sign on the door that said, closed today due to electric problems. Nah, they weren't open after, oh. after that day. So that sucks. That's sad, yeah. man. Well, like I've, I've been with you before and you've taken your, your fucking mountain, your shrine to the cooks. And like they're telling other people to come over and look at how fucking tall. Yeah. And they weren't like making fun of you. They were admiring your work. Yep. And I just, but listen, I'm going to give you that. But you got to give me the prop of the day I told you you could do double starches. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm like, Steve, go double noodles. Double noodles? I was like, I thought they were like, you should pick two different starches. And I'm like, oh, so you got to get like, what, rice? And I'm like, nah, udon noodles, dude, all the way. Yeah. You could do double udons? But you got to make awesome. sure you get your sauce ratio great because if you don't do enough sauce mm-hmm. with the double starches, it's dry and then it's whack. That's really true. It's a science. Yeah. And that's what kind of I liked about the place too is like it's it's all – it's like a game. And then you and then you yeah. win. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> you, you might not be a real scientist, but you're a food scientist. <laughs> that shit. Mixmaster Steve. What I love the most, my favorite part about this episode is how we went from fucking Bigfoot porn and dragon dildos. It just reminded Steve like, oh, yeah, I love a good Mongolian <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bowl of noodles. I bring the epic Bigfoot dick bowl when I go to oh. Genghis Girl. That's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, Steve. That is sad news, man. Hopefully they open it back up. Who knows? I know the West Side closed a while back. Yeah. Think, but see, I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're still open. I don't know. No, they closed. Oh, did they? Well, fuck me, right? Another cool thing about so, them places is that they hire. They go out of their way to hire felons, which I really appreciate. And they, yeah, and they you treat saw them, a lot of they, neck tattoos. They treat in there, them. And there's nothing wrong with a neck tattoo, but sometimes it's very easy to tell what was professional and what was done in the pen. <laughs> you know, but it, fuck, man. If you can get a job, good, good for you, man. If you can yeah. fucking out of the pen and and you know, you got out and you 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 righted your wrongs. Good for you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, back to brass tacks. Um, it turns out that Bigfoot ain't the only monster on monster porn searches that people are into. Nope. And it turns out that uh, there is a huge market and a giant fan base. For the uh, specialty genre called cryptozoological erotica or erotic horror. 
Mm-hmm. And these stories feature um, fantasies about, <clears throat> you know, different uh, creatures and their little romps with women and men. Sometimes we've got damsels who aren't in distress at all. They just want to know how much more of a monster is this monster packing. Yeah, ravaged by raptors. <laughs> uh, sometimes you find out that, you know, Sasquatch has, you know, ten times the prowess as any mere mortal, and he can go for days. And most of the time, <laughs> I just don't even want to say that. Most of the time, the ladies are left satisfied. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot has competition, as Stephen, you've already mentioned, from things that dwell in the night, also like Cthulhu, Cinnatars and Mintars. Is it Cinnatar and Minotaur? Whatever. Horse folk. Uh, Cyclopses. He on his own commands an impressive share of monster erotica markets. Tales such as oh, that, that must be a typo. <laughs> Bigfoot has his own special share of monster erotica. Tales such as boffing Bigfoot, Ooh. <laughs> and plenty of timelessly <laughs> titled counterparts. Um, in these stories, the Sasquatch is always the embodiment of male prowess. No man can keep up with him. No woman can last as long. So anyway, Preston, <laughs> getting all hot and sweaty. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, like people were blowing up our inboxes and our text messages and everything about that uh, that political story, and you were just like, yeah, fucking old news. Yeah. Because we're not really strangers to uh, this topic, oddly enough, and <laughs> there's no right way to approach it, right? Nope. You can't be like, oh, Preston and I have read plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot's Dingle, brought to you by Chuck Tingle. There you go. Yep, we are no stranger, and we know all too well about these paranormal tales that make your haunted gooey bits tingle. Mm-hmm. Because long, long ago, Preston and I, listening to all these paranormal podcasts and these websites, we were... Um, <laughs> Turned on is not the right word. We were uh, <laughs> exposed is not the right word because that sounds like we just got Bigfoot's dick slapped in our face. Mm. We we heard about a, a an author whose name is Chuck Tingle. Mm-hmm. And Preston, you're about just to do a mm, deep dive. I some, am. Some real detective work. So I, I uh, for you listeners and for you, Steve, I'd like to break down. I'm going to start out with some Bigfoot titles from uh, Chuck Tingle's Bigfoot Erotica okay. section. And the first one is titled Bigfoot Sommele But Tasting. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, just, <laughs> Seduced by Dr. Bigfoot, attorney at large. <laughs> the Curse of Bigfoot Butt Camp. Pounded by President Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. Dan Bigfoot Zarin's parties in my butthole with his billionaire lifestyle. What the fuck? And Bigfoot pirates haunt my balls. <laughs> now, let me, uh, let me give you the little uh, synopsis of uh, that book, okay? There you go. After years of having their natural habitat encroached upon, Bigfoot are finally forced to leave the forest and head out into the open ocean. At first, we think it is the last we'll ever see of them until Bigfoot piracy becomes rampant across the seven seas. When the most notorious Bigfoot pirate, Loco the Black, is killed off the coast of Santa Monica, a man named Andy begins to feel a mysterious throbbing 
in his balls. A trip to the doctor, Andy soon learns that what seemed like a coincidence is actually an acute case of haunted balls. And the only prescription is a Bigfoot ghost pirate gangbang. That was good. Unexpected. That was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This erotic tale is 4,500 words of sizzling humid on Bigfoot ghost action, including anal, blowjobs, rough sex, cream pies, and boo conky, double penetration, and pirate love. Holy shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) I found one here. (laughs) Helicopter man pounds dinosaur billionaire's ass. Oh, my God. (laughs) So a lot of these are basically sound like a lot of homoeroticism is what it sounds like. But Um, I I found some other titles that I think that you all would find interesting, and I'm going to do those real quick. Oh, yeah. Anally Yours, The Unicorn Sailor. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Dinosaur magicians Penn and Tucker make their wieners disappear in my butt. (laughs) Fake news, real boners. (laughs) And that was your show title right there. I almost burned my beard in the candle I have lit here. Um, And from Steve's favorite president, Domwell Trump pounded in the butt by handsome Russian T-Rex who also peed on his butt and then blackmailed him with a video of his butt getting peed on. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Uh, open mm. wide for the handsome saber-toothed dentist who's also a ghost. <laughs> Space Raptor Butt Trilogy. Scary Stories to Tingle Your Butt Part 7. Buttception, a butt within a butt within a butt. <laughs> and it's got a guy in a karate gi, some watermelons, and a unicorn. And Steve, you can see some of the uh, covers that I sent you over the group text message. Oh. Okay. I'll check it out. Oh, my God. Dude, Chuck Tingle, the man wastes no time. I kid you not. Don't vote for Virginia Congressman hopeful Timber Wiggleman <laughs> because... <laughs> Hang on, I can't. You got to expand the title because it's so big. <laughs> don't vote for <laughs> don't vote for Virginia Congressional hopeful Denver Wiggleman because he's full of hate, not because Bigfoot makes him hard. <laughs> Slammed by my handsome fidget spinner. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Chuck Tingles Unicorn Tinglers Volume One. Hmm. Oh golly jeepers! Oh, that, some uh, bad oh fo- man, he's got the bad Photoshop, man. Yeah, these are terrible, and a lot of them are only like ninety nine cents. <laughs> it was ninety nine cents. Yeah, but shit, it was ninety nine cents. Planes, trains, and automobots. Oh Bigfoot God. settlers claim my butthole. <laughs> I literally was just reading that. Preston is the singularity. <laughs> oh boy, that's probably enough of that. Yowks. Seduced by Dr. Bigfoot, attorney at large. Gee, I don't know, guys. I got to leave. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know, guys. <laughs> yeah, and there's other ones. Um, there's not just um, the homoerotic ones. If you're looking for something a little bit different, there are others about like uh, um, cave women being pounded by T-Rexes. And there's all sorts of crazy shit. And we are not telling you to go look for them, but you're adults, so you're going to do what you want. Spurred um, in the butthole by my cans- handsome cowboy boots. <laughs> well, um, did we go 
cover all of it. <laughs> no shit. Enough of it. That's what we should. We went over <laughs> too much of it. Yeah, no kidding. Taken by the T Rex by Christy Sims. Space Raptor butt invasion. Okay, enough. So that was fun, guys. Uh, we may have overstayed our welcome towards the end there, but you know. <laughs> Mysterious Universe used to do these where, like, they would tell you about the titles, and then one of them would read, like, a little page or two excerpt out of the actual stories. <laughs> They're pretty racy and terribly written, but, uh, you know, what do you expect sometimes for that kind of turnover? But remember, but, totally 99 cent. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, um, we're interested in what you like to read, folks, outside of erotica. Write us and let us know. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun, Steve. I'm glad you got to jump in there, and I'm glad we got to uh, give a little bit of the supersized episode here. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, for the folks to enjoy. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, Presto, you and I were talking about the upcoming episodes, getting back to uh, the seriousness and the and the and really the roots of what we like uh, Talking Paranormal uh, for, and we're going to probably jump back into some cryptids, right? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to hit on, like, werewolves. and I uh, bet you'd like to hit on a werewolf, you dirty yeah. boy. Yeah, and uh, the, just some uh, maybe there was a couple cre- creepy pasta ones I I found that are really interesting and maybe just talk about those spooky stories during uh, you know the spooky holiday season that's coming up. Hell yeah! And speaking of holiday seasons, we could probably get down on Hot and Wet's book called Taken by Krampus. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna probably do like individual episodes for a while here, and just do a deep dive about um, different cryptids that we've come across, you know, and just different stories we've heard, and really get back to the roots of what we what we were doing in the beginning and do some more deep dives. And uh, I'm, I'm super stoked about that. We've got a pretty good show already in the works. Um, we're going to start off with Bigfoot. That way you guys get a little something to look forward to. And um, it's going to be a good time, I think. So you guys got anything else you want to add? Nope. Have we done enough? Uh, have we done more than enough? <laughs> right. Oh, God. Okay, so um, as we sign out here, I do want to give a huge shout-out to somebody. Um, we got another pretty stellar rating here, a uh, new listener. So let's give a quick shout-out to Rob Bones. Bones, 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 Bones. Giving us a yeah, – uh, giving us a five-star top-notch podcast, he says, I haven't found another podcast around that keeps it paranormal and strange 100% of the time. Very entertaining and informative. Highly recommended with two exclamation points. So, Rob, thanks, man. We Only two? You. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two ex- listen, man. Two exclamation points, but five stars. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. I awesome. Will take, I will take that balance. But yeah, thanks, Rob Bones. Man, we appreciate you, thanks, dude. dude. Thanks for listening, and we're happy that you find it entertaining. And, and thanks for the follow episode. on uh, all the social media shit, too, man. Yeah, man. I got a lot of follows from Rob. We appreciate that, man. It's awesome. And uh, I, I'm sure the last 15 minutes of this episode were no shortage in strangeness. <laughs> <laughs> And before we do any any shout outs, we got to give a little extra love to Big Dobbs because I think we may have snubbed him last time. And I think we skipped right over that on the outro, presto. Yep. Want a beard, need a beard, grow a beard, want a Bigfoot beard. Check out <laughs> BigDobbsBeardBombs.com and Sean's going to give you our promo code. <laughs> it's actually BigDobbsBeardBomb.com, not Beard Bombs. But it wouldn't be a podcast if I wasn't correcting you, would it? 
Yeah, no. Uh, Indeed. Use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your entire order. And uh, check out a couple smells. Don't just buy one because you're going to wonder, well, I wonder what this uh, sweet tobacco smells like that I read about. But all I got was Bay Rum. Well, friends, you can probably, if he still has them, he had some sampling kits too. Had a little bit of everything in there. And uh, if he doesn't, still grab you a couple, man. 20% off. That's a pretty decent savings. And the dude makes some stellar, stellar beard stuff. Mm -hmm. Steve, what do you want to plug, man? Anything? Uh, just that show on Netflix. I'm telling you, you guys got to watch that yeah. shit. It's it's so Dark good. Tourist. Dark Tourist. I watched the first step. It was pretty great. Yeah. yeah ever, ever. It's only eight episodes, and it'll go really fast once you get into it. But it's yeah. very, 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 very fucking cool. <clears throat> yeah. It's a lot like Moaning of Life. Yep. It is. Yeah. Which was a spinoff of Idiot Abroad. Yep. And, uh, great yeah, shit. Pretty awesome, man. It just gives you, it gives you a real appreciation for stuff you didn't know. And what's cool about um, Dark Tourist is... That's a lot of stuff you could go do. Like he doesn't do the shit that he only gets to do because he's a millionaire, you know, journalist. It's mm -hmm. stuff that anybody can go do on uh, a tour. It's kind of, some a lot of it is is generalized. There are some things that he's clearly got to do. Oh, okay. Like, gotcha. In the, got that in the later even. episodes, yeah. But you're right though. Most, the majority of the stuff is stuff you could do if you had the money cuz like not everybody yeah. has the money to travel to Kazakhstan and go and swim in a fucking nuclear blast zone. Like, well, when I was 17, <laughs> my mom told me to start a Kazakhstan fund. You didn't do that when you were 17? Oh, <laughs> Damn. Fucked up, bro. Uh, mm. Presto, you had me watch Sinner. Shayla and yep. I watched Sinner, and that was a pretty good show, too. USA, man, bringing the heat. That was a pretty pretty decent show for being USA. Yeah, I got out uh, the first episode of season two tonight with Jeffrey, and uh, I'm going to give it a shot. I, it's not, you know, it's kind of like the first episode of season one. It didn't quite grab my attention, but I got hopes yeah. for episode two. So Hell yeah. Check that shit out. And uh, we'll give a little chat over Demon House, uh, one of these next episodes. We were going to spoil it on Spoiler Town, but <laughs> Preston had it spoiled for him in a different way. Yeah. It was, uh, it was free to watch on YouTube, and you got boned, man. You got tingled. Yeah, <laughs> boy, did I get Chuck tingled on that. Yeah. <laughs> Pounded in the butt by YouTube's ghost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you watched, what, like three three quarters of it or all but 20 minutes of it? And yeah, all, it off. all but the last, like, 35 minutes. So. That's, what a fucking disappointment. <laughs> oh, well, we'll chat about that again on Spoiler Town. We're not going to have anything after the outro this time, guys, because we already gave you an hour and a half. What do you want from us? Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Guys, Shit. let's uh, let's uh, get on tonight. Record a quick thirty minute show. Yeah. <laughs> an hour and a half. I love later. it. I know if I promise you thirty minutes, you're going to give me an hour and thirty minutes. So, what do you what do you want from me, dude? No, he didn't even give us a tip. <laughs> I gave you a tentacle. I gave you a minotaur, and I raised you with an alien butt. What? <laughs> I raised you a butt in a butt in a butt. All right, let's go play some Xbox. Let's do it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Check out uh, Pixelated Sausage, our buddy Mark's show. He talks about all sorts of greatness. Over 100, over 500 episodes of his backlog for you to listen to. That's a lot of podcasts. Insane. Uh, hell yeah, man. And uh, I think anything else, guys? Sports Car Unleashed. Check it out. My favorite. I've heard good things about it. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. 
And uh, we can't wait to hear from you later. Send us emails. Listen to that email, guys. We want your stories. We asked for an AMA. I'm getting a couple things in now. So, guys, send us your questions. What do you want to know? What do you want to know about us? Ask us anything. We'll have a special episode where we answer your questions coming up probably in October. That'll be fun. So, hell yeah. All right. And we're really leaving this time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. Later, guys. Catch you next time. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and... The Strange.